0: This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. Let's begin. We're going to be doing applied Amunah today. Not going to be very intellectual about things because it only you know, an intellectual approach to Amunah is only going to get you so far. Please make sure if there's any seats near you that have coats or purses or anything, just take your stuff off of them, please, so people can sit. Because right now, we've got the stairs full of bacharote and stuff, but who knows what other Rabbitsons are walking in. the one of the greatest times of your life if not the greatest time of your life was when you lived your life fully experientially as a toddler everything was extremely experiential your intellect wasn't developed at all for for life it was and it wasn't so necessary either because you know other people were taking care of details but it was definitely the time you were the most fully alive you were pretty unstoppable I mean you didn't go to sleep at night you passed out (laughs) you didn't have any fears no fear of rejection you'd say anything (laughs) I've definitely had toddlers at my table saying like Dati who is that weird man next to you? not weird, he's just different. <laughs> he's weird. <laughs> there was no fear of rejection, you just said whatever was on your heart. There was no fear of failure. You tried to stand and fell, stand and fell, hundreds of times and didn't seem to bother you. There was never a reason to quit failure had nothing to do with quitting something you had no fear of other people controlling you I mean literally every minute someone had their eye on you more or less you were always controlled picked up, taken around kept getting put in the back of a bus or thrown in the back of a car can you imagine someone throwing you in the back of the car today Anyway, but life was fully experiential and your intellect wasn't in the way. It was direct experience and that's what we're going to do today is have direct experience with God. So I suggest as I close my eyes to close your own. just to begin with some deep breathing. (laughs) Breathing from the abdomen, which means when you inhale, it's like filling a balloon. And when you exhale, preferably through the mouth, it's like the balloon is letting all its air out of the belly as the stomach muscles contract, inhaling through the nose as the belly expands. Hold the breath for a moment, eyes closed, and exhale slowly through the mouth as the stomach contracts. Inhaling through the nose as the stomach expands, holding your breath for a few moments. Allow your eyes, with your eyes closed, to drift upward towards your forehead, between your eyebrows. Exhaling slowly through the mouth as the stomach contracts, releasing any tension. Inhaling through the nose as the stomach expands, holding the breath, looking upward. Exhaling slowly through the mouth, controlling your breath, stomach contracting. Inhaling and breathing normally. Right behind me and right in front of you on the other side of these walls is Harabayas. Tsion. Our hearts are turned all to Tsion. We're asking Hashem, we're praying to Hashem to return His Shechina to Tzion. Just whisper the words, "Machazir Shekhinah Soed Tzion, Envisioning Besamigdash and Hartzion the Corbonos, the Levim playing their music, and the singing the songs of David, the smell of the guitarist in the air, and feeling an amazing feeling of gratitude in your heart for this connection. The whole world, the air, your body filled with gratitude. I'm whispering the words, Modim and no Continue whispering. <laughs> Let's see. let see. Let's see. Your Let's see Let's A maghazir Shnei nasoi Litsi yo Sí. So eventually, in my pursuit of uh, experiencing Hashem, I decided that this giant window in my bedroom, which because I live in an old Yerushalmi Shtetlach, and I've got, we've got like one meter walls, so I've got this giant window in my bedroom, which is just full of junk, and I said, you know what, I'm taking off all that junk, and I'm going to create a little sanctuary right there, and that's going to be my little spot. And I created it over probably two years ago. And I spend, uh, I don't know, anywhere before I go daven, sometimes after I daven, I spend anywhere between a half hour to an hour and a half there. Every day, depending on my timing. And in that spot, I have a lot of special things. Most importantly are um, one amazing Shavisi Hashem Le Negdi Somed. But it's a deep Kabbalistic one. I can... uh, I can send it to anyone who would like to print That's what I did. I printed it, framed it, and, you know, uh, put it there. Um, but it's also got the spheros, and it's got the 72-letter name of God, and couplings of three, you know, three letters each, going around a circle, all come beaming in with, Shem in the middle, Shavisi Hashem, and the Ma Temshal, Mimcha, all that Pasuk, lining the entire frame. And, uh, uh, it also says in red, I don't know why they put it in red, it says, Tefillah uh, below, Tefillah below, Kavana keguf below, Neshama. Prayer without, kavanas is like a body without a soul. And, um, and, it's, and it's, it's just really something very special. And then I have another framed one, which is the Rala. Uh, you heard of the Rala? The Rala is the 231 gates that our world's made of. And what do I mean by 231 gates? What it is is it's really an algorithm of aleph bet aleph gimel, aleph dalad aleph hay, bet aleph bet gimel bet dalad That whole algorithm comes up to 231. And my rilah is really amazing. It's got all the rilahs have aleph base through, you know, aleph through taf going around in a circle with line connecting to every single one of those. So it's aleph connects to base. There's a line going to aleph to uh, gimel, aleph to daled. But they're all doing this, which means the whole inner part is intersected with all those lines. And you're, it's like you're literally looking at the creation itself. You're looking at the actual matrix of our world. And not to mention it creates, eventually all the intersections create concentric rings, which are chesed, gevor, Netzach, netzachot, and all those lines meet in the very center, which is malchus, which is our world. So I, have, I also have a relah. And I don't know how this happened. This is really what started this off. Was was sukkahs two years ago? Um, a sofer who is close with me came to my sukkah party with some of his wife and his her and they're best friends with another couple from Tekoa. and she's an artist. And they came and presented me with an already framed menorah of lamnatzeach. And with the most gorgeous gorgeously painted anyway, so this is all in my sanctuary, but not only that i 've got Israeli sage, which is the most incredible sage that when you you know when we hike sometimes you smell the sage in the mountains, so you can actually pick it, wrap wrap it you know with a string and and burn it and it, it is heavenly, like a lot of people have heard of California sage, you know they have these smudge sticks you know that they smudge the room with you know to, i don 't know what they Doing with their smudge sticks but but the the Israeli sage blows away California sage by by a long shot and and it 's really something special. And I also have uh, Lavona, which is frankincense, which is from the base of mcDush I have Lavona, and I now, now I already have a place to burn it a little bit over there and uh, I made a little spot where you can put a coal and, and burn the Lavona on it and and um, and also I have a little Bluetooth speaker, which is playing, you know, really amazing, amazing, super kind of in the background tones. And anyway, but imagine meditating there every day for a half hour or 45 minutes or an hour or an hour and a half. And sometimes my kids will join me. And sometimes my wife will join me. And, uh, and sometimes we do it all as a family at the Shabbos table. And it's very much applied to Muna. We're 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 not talking about God as much as we are experiencing God indirectly, like a direct experience of God. And and we're going to get into that a bit right here. But before uh, before we do that, I just want to share a funny story. Is is uh, m- my daughter is married to a coin, and and uh, and we're I'm in the middle of a meditation and. I felt there was a presence in the room, so I opened up my eyes, and two of my ainoklach, you know, it's, it's the wafting smell and the tones coming out of the this meditation style musical tones happening, and and uh, and of course my shavisi hashems, and and uh, and yes, there's a couple gorgeous amethysts and you know and quartz and stuff, and anyway, my son-in-law walks in, and he's like, you know, he's he's full on bnei brak. You know, he's full on (laughs) B'nai He's just like, he says straight out, he's like, I don't like this. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm in the middle of meditation. So I'm just like, okay. And uh, and the kids are already in full, I mean, they're in full meditation. These two little ones are mesmerized by the experience. And, and the, um, anyway, so I figured he was just going to scoop them up. But before he scooped them up, you know, I said to him, you know, this little boy, this my little two year old Anacol said, he's a Cohen, He's a Cohen, and 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 you're a coin and you're going to be God willing soon because that's what we believe. It's happening soon. Coming to a temple Mount near you is there's going to be a temple there and there's going to be there's going to be music way more powerful than what's coming out of this speaker right here. With thousands of musicians playing that music, and it's and it's mind-altering, the music. I mean, it was like set up specifically to like move people, and and there was an, an and forget my sage, I mean, we had there were eleven spices, that that we're so serious. Jews are so serious about incense. We're so serious about incense that we make Indians look like a 7-Eleven with their incense. Okay? They, we're, serious about, we're so serious about our incense that just creating the concoction for non-Temple purposes is the death penalty. I mean, we, we take incense way more serious than any Manhattan pig and New Age shop. We're way more serious about incense than they are. And I want you to know that the next time you're walking by one of those shops and stick your nose up like a like, what kind of pagan place is that over there? You can smell their incense coming out of the place with the meditation and the chimes outside. and the, I don't know why they're selling cactus in front of the place, but for some reason they like cactus. And, and, they're, and we're like, uh, you know, we're the Froom Jews. We're way more serious about incense than they are. Way more. And even if you created it for the temple but burned it outside the temple, it's the death penalty. Meaning, no one takes incense more, in this planet more seriously than we do. <laughs> and then I, I pointed at these, you know, these gorgeous rock collection I have over the years, and I'm like, and and crystals. I mean, we had the high priest walking around wearing them. Okay, he had he had twelve precious stones that that the that our sages say that that uh, that every single one of those precious stones, and not just them, other ones, all precious stones, there's no precious stone in the world that doesn't draw koach, uh, I forget the words, gadol or something. Anyone know how it's said by the Chazal? No one knows? Anyway, they, there's no stone that doesn't draw great shefa or koach, I forget, Milamala from the upper worlds. There's no stone that doesn't do that. And our Cohen Guttle was wearing them, and they were so activated that you could actually ask it questions. You could ask it questions. <laughs> now, if you happened to pass a New Age shop and found someone asking a crystal questions, you'd just be like, this is clearly a Vodazor. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Meanwhile, we asked it questions, and it would answer I don't know how it answered. I guess things lit up and stuff. I mean, I imagine it was it had it, it lit up and did different things or something. I don't know. Anyway, so I just decided to jump to the chase and I just I'm not a coin, but I have it in the room. Anyway, when I finished all this with my son-in-law, you can imagine he was sorry he asked. <laughs> he was very sorry he asked and he left the kids. <laughs> he left the kids. So the kids stayed with me. And uh, we, we continued on in our meditation. But I, I didn't burn any more sage because I just, mm-hmm. taking care of my, my little guy's lungs, you know, like, you know, we don't need much more sage burning in there with the little ones. We have a fiber optic link to, to Hashem, and I'd like to connect all of us to it right now. So everyone just take a moment. And I'm going to ask you a question. And the question is as follows. Are you aware that you're aware? Are you aware that you're aware? Yeah, you're aware that you're aware. (coughs) Now, I just used the word aware twice. (laughs) Are you aware that you're aware? Which means that you really have two things going on right now you have your awareness, that you're aware, and right now you're looking up here, so you're aware that I'm, you're aware of me speaking, you're aware of me standing, so there's three things now. There's the object, that's me. There's you being aware of me, and then you being aware of being aware of, the, of me. So for those of you who are confused by that, let's go back to the original question, because there everyone's gonna say yes, Are you aware that you're aware? For sure you are. Now, that awareness, that awareness of your awareness is the neshama. It's the smallest, thinnest membrane of it, of your soul, but it is the soul. The awareness of your awareness, of being in this room and being here with me, is the soul. Now the soul is very, very vast. In fact, it has like five levels. So if my thumb is, is the I'll put it upside down, is, this is the, the Yechida, that's where we're all connected, absolutely. Then there's the Chaya, and then there's the Neshama, and then there's the Ruach, and then there's the Nefesh, and at the bottom of the Nefesh, right about where the white of my fingernail is, just the white little thin part. That's the part that USB cable interfaces with your neurons in your brain. So when they say the ha neshama sheba moichi, you've heard those terms like the neshama in my brain, unfortunately so many people thought their brain was their neshama. That's not your neshama. It's just a brain. It's just made of neurons. Yeah, and you have billions of them. And not one of those neurons is you. You ever seen a neuron? It's just like a thing with like lines coming out. It's got tentacles. Okay? If you were a neuron, you're having a bad hair day. <laughs> okay? You're not a neuron. And you have billions of neurons and you're not one of them. And if you're not one of them, clearly you're not a microscopic neuron. So if you're not one of them, you're not all of them put together. And what happens is, cause what your neurons' job is, is to understand English or to get through a doorway, get up and down stairs, understand what I'm saying right now. That's the job of the neurons. But because your neurons notice that you weren't really paying attention, because your neurons notice that you're just kind of unconsciously getting fed information by them, they actually go even further and hijack you your actual awareness, till, you're, you, till you become overwhelmed by content. Like right now, you're aware of the awareness of the content. But what happens, if, you're not, if you don't get in touch with that original awareness, which is the neshama, so then what happens is you get overwhelmed by the content of life. And the content of life is, is a lot. It's like coming at you all the time. I mean, there's, is there any point when we're awake that we're not somehow stimulated by, by, you know, what's going on around us. And so we get hijacked by, by our thinking. Which is really interesting, because who we truly are is this, is this you know, the Yechida and the Chaya and the Neshama and the Ruach and the Nefesh. But, and of course the Nefesh is just that thin little USB cable into the neurons, but it's amazing that we lose our perspective of who we truly are. And we get folded up into the thoughts of our mind. But you are not your thoughts. You cannot be your thoughts. You have thoughts, but you are not your thoughts. You are something way beyond that. And that place where you are that's way beyond that is such an awesome place for many reasons. Here we're using it to connect to God. But it also connects you to people. Because think about it, when you're locked inside that hijacked mind of yours, that monkey brain where you're just, you're just constantly bombarded by content, well, when you meet another person, that person, you're going to be automatically measured up to them. Brains, Yiddishkeit, frum, meaning what style, frumkeit, how frum, uh, uh, looks, Etc. It automatically puts us in a competitive place. It puts us in some kind of hierarchy, which is how the world works, and the physical world works in hierarchy. Everything works in hierarchy. But outside of hierarchy is the neshama. And when I'm the awareness of those thoughts, I'm the awareness of those thoughts, there is no hierarchy. It It gets rid of hierarchy. Now, for those of you who are deeper thinkers, I'll just speak about something parenthetically. Is Have you ever wondered how the millennial liberals have gotten so washed out into total nihilism, like there's no more lines? Well, we just describe that when you get in touch with soul, it gets rid of lines. But Jews seem to do both. We do, we do soul and lines, borders, structure. Whereas the millennials and the liberal left and the whole, everyone who inherited the 1960s era, they do no borders, no lines. Just tear down the wall. Let the Mexicans come in. <laughs> While the conservatives are like lines. No, like, like the, the past has, you know, it, there must have been something good in it. Why do we always have to rip away anything that was from the past? So we have both, as usual. You didn't have like a full, because there's truth in both. There's truth in the structure. And we have taryag mitzvahs for that structure. And there are Jews and there are Gentiles and there's structure. But on the other hand, we have neshamas. And from that neshama place, we're all totally one. We have both. Because we have a Torah, and we have traditions, and we, have, we, have, we, don't, we don't let go of tradition. But that was all in parentheses, just explaining the liberal left. And, uh, and uh, I find myself, when I'm teaching in AISH, that most of the time I, my job is to articulate to the commonality we have with the liberal left. With a but, there's such a thing as structure, and there's such a thing as, as Torah, and there's such a thing as Taryeg Mitzvahs, and and the Mitzvahs Loisase, and there's Jews and there's Gentiles, and you know I ask I ask them uh, I them if uh, if there was a town that suddenly found gold, like lots of gold. And now everyone in that town was suddenly multi-millionaires. And you came to that town 500 years later. And, the, you know, it all washed by then, 500 years later. Everyone, everyone spent all the money. There's no more gold. But you would expect, if you were visiting 50 towns on a long trip, that town's going to be different because of the, impar- the impact of having had found enough gold that every single citizen there was a millionaire. You would certainly expect them to be different. And if you found another town that got washed away by flood, And all that was left was like out of 10,000 people was, you know, 150 orphans was all that was left. And and you've found that town, you know, and now it's already fully populated. But you'd expect that town to be different than the other 50 towns. So when you have a nation that experienced prophecy as a nation something that only individuals had ever achieved, but there actually is a nation that an entire nation experienced prophecy, you wouldn't expect them to be different. They have to be the same as everybody. They wouldn't, be comp- they wouldn't be different in some way. And the answer is they would be different in every way. They would be completely altered by that experience. And that's why you'll notice that, that secular Jewish women thrash their husbands. even if they were secular for generations. They still thrash their husbands. Now, un- unlike you ladies, you thrash your husbands for Yiddishkeit. They just thrash their husbands randomly. And give you the five-minute wrap-up. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Anyway, but they actually do, and this is the reason why in, uh, in uh, places like Los Angeles and stuff, most Jewish men don't want to marry Jewish women because they, they just can't take it. So they just, they just marry their Filipino massage therapist or something. You know, They're just happy you came home. They don't care how long it's been. Now, let's go back. Now that I've been given six minutes. There's, the, there's the, your awareness... Which is the neshama, and then there's your thinking, which is the the you know your neurons and processing of information content, and then there's the object. Now, when I focus my thoughts on content of amuna, of tefillah, of shemashem, when I'm putting my 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 thoughts on that—that's filling now my thoughts, and now my awareness is of soul, connecting to Hashem, and 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 using the my using my thoughts that are focused on Hashem. When I put all that together, meaning the object is some kind of a voda—it could be a mitzvah, it could be a bracha, it could be a Shema Yisrael, it could be anything like that. That's the object. Then I've got my my thoughts on that, and then I've got my awareness, which is which is infinitely bigger than that, which is my connection to my mao. When I line those three up, so that's like total kavana time. Have you ever thought about the word kavana? Kavana is like l-chaveen, Like my, I just recently was at the Citron shop to get my car aligned. It's alignment. So what does it mean, alignment? It means that, well, for basically, for the thoughts and the speech of prayer, is that while I'm saying this, my brain isn't over there. And what does it mean to get your kavana back together is to realign my thoughts with my mouth. It's kavana, is literally alignment of thought with with speech. But we're adding a third element here that we're lining up from behind, which is really actually Interestingly part of the brain because the back part of the brain is where your unconscious mind is which is where your access to To you know infinite infinity is in consciousness Where you have an unconscious access to that infinity and you can access that? So we have the front brains just content the back brain is where the unconscious mind when you go to sleep at night you your frontal lobe shuts down and you go to the back brain where all, where all the, you know, no space time dream states are. And that that's the back brain. So when we align all of those with something in a Hashem, so th- that, is, that is ultimate applied to Muna. And so let's just take a moment and close our eyes. We're going to do, a, we'll do a Shema Yisrael. You'll whisper it, I'll sing it. And uh, we're going to do a Shema Israel using Shem Hashem. Close your eyes and breathe. Get aware of the awareness. sense the back part of the mind that is connected to infinity but that's really getting in touch with the, the nefesh, the ruach and the shema, the chaya, the yechida. if you think about it right now breathing right now with your eyes closed if you think about it right now, you're mostly dead Meaning, 99% of you is in the soul world already. You're like 99.9% of you is in the spiritual world. And it's only that thin membrane, the edge of your pinky nail, that touches into the, the brain. That's the part of you that vivifies your body, that gives life. And think about it, the only thing that blocks your connection to all this is the content of your thoughts. When you sleep at night, it goes away. And right now, also, your content mind has softened. And of course, when we pass away, Admei Vesrim, that little thin membrane just rises back up and is reunited with the Yechida and the Chaya and the Shuma, the Ruach, and the rest of the Nefesh. Like a kiss, the soul returns to the rest of its identity. So be the awareness now of your awareness, and then bring your thoughts to the Shema. The shin of Shema being the highest frequency. The mem of Shema being the lowest frequency. Mm. Taking from the distraction of high frequency to the monotone of the mem. The shin representing fire causes expansion. Separation. Where the mem represents water, like the mikveh, which is the ultimate solvent. It causes everything to become one with it. Just like if you put a a metal screw inside water, you come back a year later, it's gone. Everything becomes one with it. It's just like us men gather our tzitzes together to say Shema. The four directions, like the shin, expansion. We put them all together in our left hand. the ayin, which is the eye to look deep in, leayin, Yisrael. Because Klaus Yisrael understands. There's nothing but Hashem. Something that Rashi says that the Goyim will only understand at the end of days. Hashem. Yud and He and Vav Surrounding space and time. Haya Ho'yve'yihye. Elokeinu filling space and time Elohim shelanu Elohim is Loshen Rabim plural how Hashem fills space and time Hashem that which surrounds space and time is one not just that there's one of him like the monotheists believe but that He is one, and there is nothing else. Hashem, Hu, You can whisper the words of Shema. Each breath, you inhale a whole breath, and you exhale one word at a time. Exhale. Inhale together, whispering, I'm gonna sing Shema Yes. <laughs> A little quieter with Baruch Shem Kavod. How Hashem is hidden. Each word of Baruch Shem Kavod is a code word for how Hashem, His Shechina, is hidden inside this world. with your heartbeat and as long as your heart's beating aligning yourself in this triple alignment of neshama that is one with Hashem and everything around all people And then your mind, your frontal cortex, all the neurons connecting to your thoughts of Hashem. And then of course the object, which is always either a direct relationship to Torah, mitzvahs and tefillah, Nevoides Hashem, or it's Enod Mervadoi inside of the actual Gashmi world. But all of it being elocus. As you hear the numbers one through five, at five, opening up your eyes, coming up one, two, three, four, and five, opening up your eyes. Uh, Ladies, I, I do run seminars called The Possible You. And it's, um, I've been running it for 17 years with over 8,000 graduates. I've stopped running it for women in Israel. So the next one will be in Muncie. In, uh, if you know people in Muncie, because they have like housekeepers and cars and stuff. (laughs) And I'm running Muncie, then Williamsburg, then Lakewood. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and then another Muncie this summer. Um, I do run them for Israelis in Hebrew. Tonight is the Women's Seminar. If you'd like to experience it, I mean, most of the women have signed up for the five nights. Some of you may be able to join. It's in Hebrew, and it's going to be these five nights this week, starting tonight. It's 6 to 11, 6 to 10.30 p.m. in Yerushalayim, in Yerushalayim at, at Ulame uh, Zupnik, which is on Strauss, and uh, on Strauss Street, Zupnik Building. It's going to be six to ten thirty p.m. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's snowing on Wednesday. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, oh, cold. So, anyway, um, ladies, you might want to take advantage of that. You can check it out at PossibleU.org. And if you're a Hebrew speaker, I'm still running them for women. And tonight's a great opportunity to join. Shalom. It was a pleasure. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.